DJ and PK brought to you by Davis Vision. Davis Vision has given you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. So the Jazz make the move. Coming back here from the All-Star break, they're going to have a new guy, Ursan Ilias Silva. How are they going to use him? What's he going to do? What is he going to provide? How does he change the team? How does he improve things? So many questions. What will he bring to the Jazz? PK, we got a wide range of answers here. Uh, Brian, to be honest, I know very little of this guy, so I'm not expecting much. Aaron is a little more definitive. Besides a heartbeat, absolutely nothing. Tony says, a tall guy to sit on the bench. Ben, vowels, lots of vowels. There's some people who don't view this as a very important move. Well, I hope it's not. <laughs> the same nine guys keep playing and the same guys keep winning 75 or 80% of the time. Yeah, Done. exactly. Done. Yeah. Right. And if it don't works, change that way, anything. Yeah. Uh, Matt says, you got to keep the roster stocked for a long run of the playoffs. Depth is depth. Can't argue with depth is depth. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grayson says he only gets time if somebody gets hurt. I like the signing, but I really don't know who he's going to take minutes from. Well, that's my whole point. I hope he doesn't take minutes from anybody. Grayson says the most likely candidate is the minivan. Well, actually, no. I think it's uh, Oni. No, I think it's Oni. The tenth guy. Yeah. The guy who fills in when somebody is hurt, when somebody is out. Conley, we added up yesterday. Uh, Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, all combined missed about 15 games. That's the way I see it. And I, I, if, the, if it happens, I can't say that it will happen, but if it happens... That's what I view as his role being. They're bringing in a veteran guy here. Obviously, he's played, uh, what, he played 10-plus years in the NBA, right? Uh, Plus, yeah, I think it's 13, 14. 14 years in, yeah. yeah. He came in really young. He's 33 now. Did he go back? And then he went back. So he he played for the Bucs for one year, went to Spain for two two years, and then came back over. And so he's been with Milwaukee. If you count that separation... He was with Milwaukee three yeah, times. three different stints. If you count that separation as a 19-year-old playing, then going to Spain for a couple of years, then coming back uh, and playing, and then he finished up. His most recent one uh, was with Milwaukee, and I, I believe he had Toronto, Detroit. Uh, I think he had Toronto. He might have had Toronto three times, too. No, it's not Toronto. It's, it's Milwaukee, Philly, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando, and OKC. Three three games with OKC. See, if you don't remember OKC, I don't blame you. Right, but I believe he had three separate stints with Toronto, too. I think he was with Toronto, then he was not with Toronto, went back to Toronto, then left Toronto, then came back to Toronto again. On that, obviously you got silent, so you're looking it up. Uh, I have looked it up. <laughs> uh, it's T-O-T, it's not, it's not T-O-R. So I don't think that's a... Oh, I don't think it's stop in Toronto. I think it's a total of the games he played in a season when he played for two different teams. Okay. Did, okay. Well, that's cool. So the point being, this kid has been around the block. And so he's had all sorts of stuff 
thrown at him in the uh, NBA. So yes. Lots of teams, lots of systems. So he is a big-time veteran. What did you say, Yak? 13 years? That's a long time to play in the NBA. He's 33 years old, so he's he's been around for a while. Yeah. And that's not like you I uh, know, DJ, you got excited on Aldridge, but Aldridge is 35 years old. Yep. No, yeah, and he's passed. I think the reason it makes sense for San Antonio to move Aldridge is, you know, they brought him in and he was going to be a pillar of the team, and he's passed that point in his oh, career. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I a, get it. But on a good team, can he, he can come help in, somebody. Yeah. Hit, hit a few shots, play a few minutes, and that's, keep the team in a game? You're right. That's, that's, why, that's the way I would view him. I wouldn't view him as, wow, man, that's, no. that's a big-time no. opportunity. On, just because we stare at the Lakers all the time, but there are other teams, the teams that don't have depth, if he can come in with your second unit and you can throw him the ball and he can hit a few shots, I mean, if you want to go in jazz history, the guy you compare him with is Antoine Carr. You know, Antoine Carr mm. had been a big-time starter and scorer and, you know, had his 30-point games and all that. Well, he wasn't that guy when he came to the Jazz. But for the 12 minutes Carl sat down, you could throw Antoine the bar, ball and he'd hit a turnaround jumper. And at worst-case scenario, you trade hoops while Carl's out of the game. I'm yeah. not sure I view Aldridge to that. And he may not be. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that. But on a team that doesn't have It could have be, depth, though. I'm not ruling him out. But on a team that doesn't have depth, if he no. hits three or four mid-range shots for the Lakers while LeBron is sitting— that would be a win. Yeah, if I were the Lakers, though, I would go for something else as a priority. And they may well. And especially because it's a trade and they don't have a lot of depth, so I don't know what they have to offer, you know. So, I mean, Cleveland with uh, Drummond is out there. I think the Lakers could do better. And I am, and I got to admit, I'm nervous about it to see. Because when you got a high and superstar, you don't need a lot. You, you, need, you need a little. So yeah. you're. You're not asking for a whole lot because he's so good and he can carry you, obviously, and he's been so tremendous for so long now. It's a remarkable career that LeBron James has had for sure, and he's still going very, very strong. So you don't need a lot. So I am, from the Jazz perspective, I'm concerned about what the Lakers can pull off as far as being able to compete I, with the Lakers. Yeah, I think you should be. I don't, I don't know that they're going to pull off anything. But I don't either. I, I do wonder what might they pull off. Right. And they've pulled off stuff before. And, I mean, you just go to the Gasol trade. You know, I didn't think Memphis got top dollar for him. I'm surprised that trade happened. I'm surprised it happened so quickly, but it happened nonetheless. So we can well, that was here. a blockbuster. That was. And we're looking now at something around the edges. Yeah. Uh, so... But that's all they really need. They're they already. I know they've got their guys. If they've they got their the stars, year, yeah. If they got their stars, and they just get a couple more guys who can help off the bench, and it doesn't have to be scoring, you know, anything. Um, yeah, I actually think if, as long as they got their guys, they're still the favorite. I don't think they need anything. Right. I, mean, I think they just they got the roster as they intended it to have. I think they're good to go. I think they're the favorite at that point too, but I also don't think they're a lock. And so the question is whether you view them as you know. They got 50% and then 50% for the field, or you think they got 70% and 30% for everybody else in the NBA. They make a move that just improves their odds by 5 That's interesting. So you think they're not as good, or do you think that the other teams are better? What do you mean? Well, because you said they're not a lock. To me, they're the heavy favorite. If they've got all their guys that they that uh, that are on the roster, and they're all healthy, and they're yeah, all they're ready the to go. They're, I, 100%, right, I would you pick said, them. 
Oh, now you just said 100%. You just said they're not a lot. Well, I would pick them, but I'm still saying there's a chance they're going to lose. There's no wavering in me picking them, but as we all know with my picks, that doesn't mean you win. I know, but I, there's okay. still there's still windows out there for other teams, whether it's the Jazz or the Clippers or the Nets. You know, run through whoever you want. Right, but um, you just went from fifty percent to a lock. That's a big. Well, thing. when I threw that out, I said whether you think it's okay, the Lakers fifty percent. Generally, I thought yes. you were speaking for yourself. No, whether it's fifty percent, and you think everyone else in the league. Right. Has fifty percent, or whether you think it's seventy or eighty percent, and everybody else has twenty or thirty. If they make the right kind of move, we could all go. Yeah, I used to think it was fifty, and now I think it's sixty. Or I used to think it was eighty, and now I think it's ninety-five. You know, I, what kind of move are they going to make? I would think most people would say it would be well above fifty percent. I'm surprised you said that. Though. Um, I was just throwing numbers out. I mean, it was a. It doesn't really matter how much you think they're, how overwhelming a favorite you think they are. Everyone, I think, acknowledges that they are at risk because they're so top-heavy. Now, being top-heavy is a great way to win the title, but, man, when something goes wrong, it can fall apart pretty quick. I mean, AD gets hurt, and they go 3-7. and It's not the great way. It's usually the only way. The only way, yeah. (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, uh, more on this coming up. We've got more people weighing in on Ilya Silva. We do have people who have more. I just read you some there, and we ran up against a break. Uh, People really don't think he's going to have much of an impact, but we do have uh, multiple people here who think he is going to have a specific opportunity to make an impact. And we'll get into what those chances are, what those opportunities are. And we'll do that next. Joe Ingles is coming up uh, between 8.30 and 8.45, sometime in there. And Craig Bowlerjack a little after 9, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday at The Warehouse from 2 to 6, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Oh, yeah, and then you'll just scream boom like we all did when Sam Merrill made that game-winning shot a year ago. Conference-clinching shot. Question of the morning. We have multiple ones. PK went crazy on Facebook. you got tons of questions to choose from. Go to DJ and PK. <laughs> the one we're currently uh, discussing, Ursan Ilyasova, what's he going to bring to the Jazz? Josh says, one more person for Joe Ingles to harass. Uh, make fun of? Yeah, Joe will be here in half an hour. Now, they played for the same team, Barcelona, I believe, but not at the same time, even though they're the same age. They're both 33 years old. And uh, I think that uh, we've already discussed that uh, this young man, Ursan, was playing uh, as a 20, 21-year-old because we said he played with the Bucks for 19, then he went to Spain I think it was Barcelona. I've got to double-check that. And Joe didn't start out at Barcelona. He played there a little later. But they probably have some kind of connection. It seems like... Know the same people. International yep. guys. Yeah. Basketball's a small I world. Can, I remember one time we were in the... Back when you can go in the locker room, and Hano Medela was with the, with the Utes. And they played some foreign... The team that had a foreign guy... And he was telling us, I mean, me and Jim Burton of the Standard Examiner were, were standing in front of him. And he says, yeah, they asked me if I knew this guy because they think that just because I'm from Europe that I know every single player who's ever played basketball <laughs> from Europe. <laughs> okay, and I get that, but I can't tell you in the five years that I did the uh, pre-half and post with Pace and Thurl, both of whom played in the NBA and in Europe, how often uh-huh. they'd be watching a game and saying, I played against him. I remember when he was a kid coming up. It was 
unbelievable how many people they knew because it is a small world and especially at the elite level. But that right at the elite level, Sihano wasn't at the he elite level. You're right. He was a teenager. Yeah. Yep. So there was more kids playing at that point. The higher you go, the narrower the pool gets, obviously. So I can understand at the pro level where there would be some type of connection because there's for a few guys who play at the pro level. So I don't know if these two know each other to what extent, probably to some extent. To what extent, I don't know. Maybe we can ask Joe and he can tell us. Chuck tweets Addison, says, scoring touch, experience, and toughness. Man, if those three things are all true, then that's a win. Well, I can look at the stats and see, you know, when he was in his prime in his 20s, he scored, and I called up the stats, and you're right, I was misreading that, uh, T.O.T., thank you for for correcting me, uh, that as I looked up the stats, and sure, when he was in his 20s, he was regularly scoring in double figures, uh, his average, right? Oh, yeah. So there's no question about that. That uh, it sunk. Uh, when we got to when he was 31, 32, his last two years with the Bucks, it was just six points a game. I'm wondering at that point, and I don't know this, I'd have to do the research, was it because the Bucks were better and so they got better talent, so his role was reduced, or was there some slippage there, or some combination of both? Uh, as far as the toughness, I haven't seen him enough to know that. I'm with you on the toughness. I'd like to see that, uh, to see how how tough and how finesse, and also players change over time, so whatever he was when he was 26 may not be what he is uh, now. We'll have to see. His scoring has dropped the last couple of years, and I think there's multiple reasons. Uh, one is that uh, going back to the Bucks, well, they got two guys who are getting shots, so <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the ball as much. Their talent level got better, but also obviously Antetokounmpo came on the yeah, scene and then uh, burst to stardom. Right. And and Middleton's getting shots too, but also his playing time went down, so his scoring yeah. in relation to his playing time doesn't drop as much. Uh, but better teammates are demanding shots. His playing time, and not two things, PK. It's not a couple of things. It's three. Well, I assume how, it's because the team how, got better. And also, but how good is he? Has he lost a little something? You know, maybe he's not as uh, explosive sure. and he's not getting as much stuff going to the rim and he's hitting more jumpers. I don't know that. Was well, he I don't either. We'll have to though. see that when he, uh, yeah, he's he was long and athletic early on, not watching a lot of, you know, Bucks and uh and Pistons games, but seeing clips and seeing highlights. Watching none of them. Right. Well, and you saw him when the Jazz played him. I mean, and you'd see. I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? He was long and athletic. I know that more from (laughs) clips than games. He was long and athletic. How much athleticism he still has, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll find that out. And I don't know how much of it the Jazz need. I mean, you do they respect him enough to spread the floor? And occasionally, can he go to the hoop and finish? I mean, they didn't get they didn't get bogey for his dunks. Right? They didn't get bogey for his dunks, but. When they close out on him really hard and he beats him off the dribble and throws one down, everybody approves. <laughs> so, now how much of that you get, we'll have to see when he gets here. Uh, Josh, I'm sure he could do that. He, yeah. he can do that to some extent, don't you think? And that's the point. To, to what extent? I do think he can do it to some extent. He's tall. He's not, you know, not dunking anymore. But how much does he want to do it in traffic? I don't have a good feel for that, you know. Does he get in there and flip the ball up real quick and try to beat the shot blocker? Does he want to go right at people and just 
throw it down and oh, stand Oh, you got to take it right into them, right into their chest. That's the way you approach a shot blocker. I'm reading that. That's page 74. Well, in the case of you and I, you got to take it right in, hit the trampoline right, then take it into their chest and, and dunk Go it. Go right through and them. And then you if you've got, got a star the... on, on offense, you're playing defense, you got to show them multiple looks. That's on 78. Josh says, I would hope minutes are scarce. As they would not be taken from Oni when he plays, he brings energy and hustle every minute. Snyder is smarter than that. Well, I mean, I don't think they signed him just to sit there the entire time. Keldon says he's insurance if any of the top nine guys get hurt or if they want to play big but still need to stretch the court. They can do that with Urson. And I think that's an important aspect because, you know, they've been very fortunate with Rudy. He's been extremely durable, mm-hmm. right? And favors, you know, he's had injury issues throughout his career. He's, I think he's a, somewhat of a warrior. I can still remember him dragging that leg up and down the court there. It was painful to watch. So uh, I think that, that as I think about it, with, his, with this man's size being 6'9", in the 230, 240 range, that you know maybe they could slip him in there if they needed to, if something were to happen with uh, Favors or Gobert. Knock on wood that it doesn't happen to Gobert because that's just awful. Uh, but maybe they can use him in that position, and maybe that's where they envision him. I don't know. They don't do a lot of interviews, uh, but maybe that's where they envision him to be able, and, and Quinn Snyder will talk about it, obviously, because he does interviews, and it's been uh, the break. But maybe they envision him in that type of role if they need him, uh, if Derek can't sit out, has to sit out or Rudy gets foul trouble or whatever. Maybe that's a spot where they're looking for him, not so much from the perimeter, but just as a bigger body inside. And that's where your John Colton is going. He tweets at us insurance for a Faves or Gobert injury as well, right? And, you know, for all of you yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. well, he just doesn't have the size, they'd have to be more a small ball team. They would also have to change how they play. Because yeah, but who they're, they're, who they're playing, uh, who has size now? It depends, right. Who are you matching up with in the playoffs? And are they going small ball for a while? And, you know, there are teams that try to go small ball and put five out and, and pull favors as far, or Gobert, as far away from the hoop as possible. You know, and open up the middle. So, mm-hmm. depending on when, when it happened and when you had to deal with it, it might be just what the doctor ordered. You don't know. All right, DJ and PK, coming up. Joe Ingles is going to join us a little after 8.30. Craig Bowler, Jack at 9. Stay with us.